0: Log Talk Radio. Good
1: Welcome back to Zion's Redemption Radio Network. I'm your host, Mark Lichtenwalter. Today we're going to be getting into Chapter 4 of Reincarnation, A Direction or a Deception, and we're going to be starting on page 24. A Direction or Deception. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the traditions of men after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. Colossians chapter 2 verse 8. Sermons and writings and philosophies may contain a certain amount of truth, but if the whole is based on a false premise, any result therefrom is a false conclusion. Many theories and concepts have beautiful sentiments, elegant demonstrations, and appealing rewards, and still tend to lead a person into misunderstandings and error. The Oriental version of reincarnation has many loopholes and is unpalatable to Westerners, so some individuals in Christian nations have revised and published the concept in order to come up with many modern versions that are more appealing and are making many converts. Frequently, erroneous interpretations and assumptions are drawn from some mystical experience or manifestation. Every new religion have been created in this manner, too, with the unfounded claim that God was the source. But God does not create division. His house is a house of order, harmony, and truth page 25 The philosophies of reincarnation is constantly being molded and reinterpreted by Christians and even Latter-day Saints Its definition is undergoing constant change which in itself is reason to question its validity As Mark Albrecht wrote, finally it must be realized that spiritual deception is the means to an end and that and that end is spiritual bondage. Reincarnation is a philosophy or a religious system which is the direct antithesis of Bible revelation. Because the concept of rebirth is such a linchpin in Gnostic cult and Eastern philosophy, it has been highly developed, covered over the layers of sophistry, sophistry and reinforced by centuries of elaborate uh, philosophy, in order to render it palatable, in order to render it palatable, palatable to its followers. However, underneath the sugar sugarcoating is a bitter pill of error called phenomenon. Are mm-hmm. only part of the whole system of spiritual bondage and deception into which entire races and cultures have fallen end quote reincarnation a christian appeal by albrecht page 117 to draw a proper conclusion as to the accuracy of such a belief it is necessary to make a thorough study of all issues involved if the theory of reincarnation is wrong then the results and the fruits of it will be wrong if it is not part of the gospel of jesus christ then subscribing to such a fallacy can be dangerous as one delusion breeds more delusions. Errors can exist in many forms, truth but one form. So that's really a short chapter. Um, all I want to say about that before we get into the next um, portion of the program uh, You can logic your way through all of the evidence and you'll always come up with a a false belief. Without revelation, you cannot come to the truth. There's too many um, ways to misinterpret things that even true prophets have said um, on, on on all topics, really. So, and then... There's also the principle that's taught in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 where we're told that uh, all they who believe the lie receive strong delusion that they might be damned because they did not love the truth. So the 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 things that we believe which are false and we don't take them to God, they become part of the strong delusion and they lead us into error. And like, people who try to logic their way through study they will go all over all over the place and they they'll have they will have truth in their beliefs but they'll have a lot of a lot of things that they believe that are lies lies of false doctrine which according to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 breed delusion god gives us the strong delusion that we all might be damned meaning not to progress further because we do not love the truth but those who do love the truth they go to god and they find out what the truth is after they've studied it out to the best of their ability and they've come to a certain conclusion about what's right because we cannot be like a wave tossed to and fro on the sea with many different thoughts and ideas about what we think is true and if we leave it at that, and we do not take it to the Father to get a confirmation of the Holy Spirit, we will continue to believe the false doctrine. But if we do take even the false doctrine to God, and we say, this is what I believe, this is why I study. what I've studied, this is what I've come to a conclusion on, and you're firm in your thoughts about that, which takes study and you take it to the Father and you you tell Him what you believe and you ask for confirmation of the spirit, of, of the truth through the Holy Spirit, the Spirit will withdraw from you and you will be left to a stupor of thought which is the exact opposite of feeling the fruit of the Spirit, which is peace, joy, love, and these type of things. You'll feel instead the stupor of thought, the depression, the anxiety. And one of the reasons why Utah has such a high... Um, occurrence of depression and anxiety and all of these type of problems is because as the saints have been given the truth and they've tried to logic their way through it and they just believe what others are telling they're placing their trust in the flesh of men and they are being taught a version of the truth that is rife with with error and so God withdraws from them, and they try to get medicated in order to have the, the, the peace and the joy and those type of feelings, but they're doing it through pharmaceuticals and not through the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will testify to truth um, when they hear it, but not everything that they hear is true, so they'll be given a, a bunch of truth with error in it, and they believe it all, and at the moment they hear the truth, they may feel the Holy Spirit, but because they believe the overall lies or the perversion of the truth, the Spirit withdraws from them in their daily lives, and they have problems with it, and that's where they run to pharmaceuticals, which uh, in the New Testament, it said that witchcraft would be prevalent in the land in the last days. Well, that word in Greek is pharmacia, it's pharmaceuticals that not all pharmaceuticals are bad, but they're trying to use these pharmaceuticals to feel better because the spirit does withdraw from them and they're left to that stupor of thought more so than they are left feeling the Holy Spirit because they believe the lies of men and instead of going to God and trusting in God alone, despair withdraws from them and they are left to strong delusions because they believe the lies of false doctrine but if we go to the Father and we find out that the things that we believe are incorrect line upon line precept upon precept we can repent from believing those false doctrines and those false beliefs and have the Father ask the Father to inspire us to know the truth so that we can come out of the strong delusion and to have the Holy Spirit with us again. So anyway, that's the whole chapter in a nutshell. It was a short chapter, but we're going to read the next chapter of the book on the teachings of the Doctrine of Eternal Lives, which I am going to record on YouTube. And I've recorded this one on YouTube as well, but I'm also recording the podcast. So, The podcast will have both recordings of me reading, you know, Chapter 4 of the teachings of the Doctrine of Eternal Lives. Actually, it's Chapter 3 of the teachings of the Doctrine of Eternal Lives and Chapter 4 of the Book of Reincarnation. So, anyway, um, I'll get to that other book now. Thank you for listening. Okay, so... um, for the recording, I'm only recording in uh, page by page, um, so I'm going to record this page. It actually starts on page 23, but that's only the chapter heading, so we'll read page 24 for this chapter, and then I'll make a video for each chapter, but in the podcast, that'll be one continuous uh, podcast. So anyway, we're going to be reading chapter 3 prayer the key to greater knowledge and we're going to be reading that out of the book, the unpublished you know um anonymous author book that i've been given and it's basically a compilation of different sayings of the latter-day leaders of the lds church uh, prophets apostles and scholars So people like Truman G. Manson and those type of people. So anyway, chapter 3, prayer, the key to religion. King David of Israel said, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Psalms chapter 19, verse 14. King David also said, Hear my prayer, O God give ear to the words of my mouth psalms chapter 54 verse 50 uh, verse 2 joseph smith taught the best way to obtain truth and wisdom is not to ask it from books but go to god in prayer and obtain divine teachings History of the Church, Volume 4, page 425. See, the things that that I've been trying to teach the people are things that the prophets have tried to teach the people as well. That's why I bring it up so much. I really knock on this, taking it to God and getting revelation, inspiration. Uh, God gives us revelation in our minds and in our hearts, and he gives us the heart revelation. That's a confirmation of the Holy Spirit so we can know the things that are true and we can trust those things when God confirms it but we have to study these things out to the best of our ability especially if we are coming to a certain conclusion about the way we think things are then we take that to the father and we ask and we get confirmation and if the if the spirit withdraws from us and we recognize that then we can know that the things that we believe are not true and usually when i take something personally to the father and i tell him hey this is what i've come to a conclusion on and this is what i believe please let me know if this is true i won't go into another prayer and ask him something else right away i will meditate upon that and then i'll go about my daily business and when this like as the spirit withdraws from me it, it's like a gradual change and i'll notice that the spirit is gone and then i will re- repent i'll go back in prayer and i'll repent to the father and i'll say oh, this is i i recognize this as a stupor of thought the spirit has withdrawn from me and hold on i have to sneeze it's like right there excuse me anyway but um I'll, i'll say heavenly father i realize that the spirit is withdrawn from me and i repent from what i brought to you uh i recognize it as false doctrine and i'll ask him to inspire me and show me the truth and sometimes he'll have me study it out more to the best of my ability But there's been times when I've come to a certain conclusion and I've studied everything out that I can on the topic and I'll ask him what the truth is and he will give me a revelation. A revelation informing me with pure intelligence what the truth is and then I will take that and I'll usually either write it down or I'll just take it back to the Father and I'll say, Heavenly Father, this is what I believe you are telling me and if the conclusion of what i believe he's telling me is correct the spirit will think will increase but if not if somehow i've misinterpreted it because it's a communication thing that we're going through with the father in the name of jesus christ sometimes we misinterpret or we just have something in our head and we're not hearing him correctly and then we can ask heavenly father to help us to understand better and then he will help us to understand better we can meditate more fully upon the revelation that he gave us and then we can take it back later on and say okay this is what i believe you're saying and if we come to the right conclusion the spirit will testify to it in our minds when he taught us to begin with but also confirm it in our hearts which is the fruit of the spirit Continuing on with Joseph Smith, and this is actually in Alma chapter twenty-six, verse twenty-two. So it's Alma, but um, Alma twenty-six, twenty-two. Yea, he that repenteth and exercise of faith and bringeth forth good works and prayeth continually without ceasing, unto such it is given to know the mysteries of God. Yea, unto such it shall be given to reveal things which never have been revealed, end quote. So a lot of people have a problem praying without ceasing. What I do that helps me out is that I will pray and I will study and I will meditate and I'll listen to good music with good Christian messages and I will keep my mind focused on spiritual things all while while I am contemplating the things that that I am trying to understand. And by using music, uh, the Psalms uh, were music originally. You know, like by using music and, and contemplating the Word of God as I'm in a spiritual mindset, that is what I believe praying without ceasing is. It's just something that I tell people so that maybe they can use the methods that I've used. Anyway, continuing on, in teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith, it says, Having a knowledge of God, we begin to know how to approach Him and how to ask so far as to receive an answer. When we understand the character of God and know how to come to Him, He begins to unfold the heavens to us and tell us all about it. When we are ready to come to Him, He is ready to come to us. Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith, page 349. Continuing on in the D&C 42, verse 61, it says, If thou shalt ask, thou shalt receive revelation upon revelation, knowledge upon knowledge, that thou mayest know the mysteries and peaceable things, that which bringeth joy, that which bringeth life eternal." DNC 42 verse 61. Also in the DNC verse 24, 94, and 97, he says, He spoke of delivering the keys of the priesthood to the church and said that the faithful members of the Relief Society should receive them with their husbands, that the saints whose integrity has been tried and proved faithful might know how to ask the Lord and receive an answer. And that is also in Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith, page 226, but it's talked about in D&C 124, 94, and 97. Continuing on, another quote, um, d and 6, 5, and 11, compared with 2 Nephi chapter 4, verse 35. Therefore, if you ask of me, you shall receive. If you knock, it shall be opened unto you. And if thou inquire, thou shalt know the mysteries which are great and marvelous. Therefore, thou shalt exercise thy gift that thou mayest find out mysteries that thou mayest bring many to the knowledge of the truth yea convince them of their, the error of their ways so that's dnc 6 5 and 11 also compare that with second nephi chapter 4 verse 35 brigham young stated and this is the last quote for this page So I'll do a a new video for each page, basically. The name that was given to Adam was more ancient than he was. The name of Adam was given him because he was the first man. But his new name pertained to the holy priesthood, and as I before stated, is more ancient than he was. That's because Adam is the name of God, the Eternal Father. There are, That's what I'm saying. I'm just letting you know. There are four penile signs and penile tokens. And should I want to address the throne to inquire after ancient things which transpired on planets that rolled away before this planet came into existence, I should use my name, which is ancient and refer to ancient things. Should I wish to inquire for present things, I should use my own name, which refers to present things. And should I want to inquire of future things, I would use the third name, which refers to the first token of the Melchizedek priesthood, or is the third token that is given and refers to the sun. And that comes from December 28th. 1845, Brigham Young addresses volume 1, page, well, 1836 to 1849 edition by Eldon D. J. Watson, page 87. See also The Mysteries of Godliness, page 84 and 85 for additional information about this topic and reference to journal entries by William Clayton and John D. Lee regarding Brigham Young's unique teaching about prayer. Compare also with Job chapter eight verses eight through ten. Alma chapter twenty I'm sorry. Alma chapter nine verse twenty. Doctrine and covenants verse thirty-eight verse two and also Alma eighty eight forty one and well DNC ninety three 24, also DNC 130, verse 7, and Moses 1, verse 6. All right, that was a little bit longer than I wished. I'm trying to keep these in 10-minute increments, but oh it is what it is. Hold on, let me go to the next part here. Okay, so we're going into page 25, and this is Spencer W. Kimball. I have always loved the story of Enos, who had great who had great need like all of us for none of us is perfect he had stayed he had strayed how dark were his sins I do not know but he wrote I will tell you of the wrestle which I had before God before I received a remission of my sins the account is graphic and his words are impressive behold I went to hunt beasts in the forest and he took no animals He was searching his soul, reaching, knocking, asking, pleading. He was being born again. He would have lived all his life in a weed patch, but now he had sought a watered garden. After a lifetime of prayers, I know the love and power and strength that comes from honest and heartfelt prayer. I know of the the readiness of our Father to assist us in our mortal experience to teach us, to lead us, to guide us, thus will thus with our great, or with great love, our Savior has said, "What I say unto one, I say unto all, pray always. If we do so, we shall gain for ourselves personal knowledge that our Father in heaven truly hears and answers prayers. This knowledge he wants each of us to have. Seek it, my beloved brothers and sisters. Seek it. Enzyme. So Enzyme is a magazine in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And that's from the October edition of 1981, pages 3 through 6. Continuing on with Spencer W. Kimball. However, it is, it is the sad truth that if prophets and people are unreachable... The Lord generally does nothing for them. Having given them free agency, their Heavenly Father calls, persuades, and directs all right his children, but waits for them but waits for their upreaching hands, their solemn prayers, their sincere, dedicated approach to Him. If they are heedless, they are left floundering at midnight darkness, when they could have the noonday sun. Enzyme may edition of 1977 page 76 so basically people that do not really take it seriously they can be asking all kinds of questions but they don't go and they to study it out they don't ponder over these things they just want answers and they're not going to take into consideration the things that god says other than just to have knowledge Those people are floundering in the darkness. Um, If they would take it seriously and, and go to God and find out from Him so that they can have the truth, so that they can improve their lives with the knowledge that they receive, then God will give it to them if they take these things seriously. Anyway, Bruce R. McConkie said, We do not give memorized, ritualistic, and repetitious prayers. We seek the guidance of the Spirit and suit every prayer to the needs of the moment with no thought of using the same words on successive occasions, but it would be appropriate for us to use words that convey such thoughts as these in our prayers. Father, we ask Thee in the name of Jesus Christ to hear the words of our mouth, to discern with all with thy all-seeing eye the thoughts and intents of our heart and grant us our righteous desires. We feel it is a great privilege to come into thy presence, to bow before thy throne, to address thee as Father, and we know thou wilt hear our cries. Enzyme, May edition, 1984, pages 32 through 33. Bruce R. McConkie also wrote, In this setting then seek to learn and live the law of prayer so that we like him can go where he and his father are let us summarize what is truly involved in the glorious privilege of approaching the throne of grace let us learn how to do so boldly and efficacy uh, not in word only not in word only, but in spirit and in power, so that we may pull down upon ourselves, even as he did upon himself, the very powers of heaven. End quote. And that was a prayer. That was a prayer by, um, I guess the book's called Prayer, which was printed in Salt Lake City Desert Book Company, 1977, page 8. Zebedee Coltrane, from early in the church's history, he stated, Once Joseph gave notice for the school for all to get up before sunrise, that's the school of the prophets, then wash themselves and put on clean clothing and be at the school by sunrise, as it would be a day of revelation and vision. They opened with prayer. Joseph then gave the instruction to prepare their minds so get in a spiritual mindset he told them to kneel and pray with uplifted hands. Brother Zebedee Colchin then gave an account of the appearance of the Father and the Son as given in the minutes of the meeting on the third instruction. Jesus was clothed in modern clothing, apparently of gray cloth. He had seen Joseph giving revelations. When he could not look upon his faith, so was he full of the glory of God. And he's talking about Joseph Smith, the shining bright as the sun, because he had the Shekinah glory of God upon him. And the house was full of the same glory. And about the time the school was first organized, some wished to see an angel, and a number joined in the circle and prayer, or prayed. Then, the brother, then Brother Hancock and Humphreys, when the prophet came in, they told him that they had done what they had done, and he said the angel was no further than the roof of the house. And a moment more, he would have been in their midst. Once after returning from the mission, he, speaking of Zebedee culture, and met Brother Joseph, and Kirtland, who asked him if he did not wish to go with him to conference at New Portage. The party consisted of President Joseph Smith, Sidney Rigdon, Oliver Caldery and myself, Zebedee Coltrane. Next morning at New Portage, he noticed that Joseph seemed to have a far-off look in his eyes or was looking at the distance, and presently he, Joseph, stepped between brothers Coltrane, Caldry and Coltrane and taking them by the arms said and we're getting into page 26 now so I'll just continue on let's take a walk they went to the place where there was some beautiful grass and grapevines and swamp beach interlaced Joseph Smith then said now let us pray they all three prayed in turn Joseph, Oliver and Zebedee brother Joseph then said now brethren we will see some visions Joseph lay down on the ground on his back and stretched out his arms arms and the two brethren lay there lay on them on his arms i guess and the heavens <clears throat> gradually opened and they saw a golden throne a circular foundation something like a lighthouse and on the throne there were two aged personages having white hair and clothed in white garments so that's the end of this video but we'll continue on with the podcast here and uh, like I said we had to go into the next page so we're now on page 26 okay so we're continuing on page 26 that last quote wasn't over with So we'll continue to read that at this time. They were the two most beautiful and perfect specimens of mankind he ever saw. Joseph said they are our first parents, Adam and Eve. Adam was a large, broad-shouldered man, and Eve was as a woman and was as large in portion. And that comes from Brother Colchin. Uh, who was born September 7th, 1804, and was baptized into the church on the 9th of January, 1831. Meeting adjourned until 3 o'clock this afternoon. Zebridee Coltrane remarks, and that is to be found in the Salt Lake City School of the Prophets, the 11th 11th of October, 1883, page 69. Continuing with Zebridee Coltrane, At one of these meetings after the organization of the school, being the school, of the school being organized on the 23rd of January 1833, so the school of the prophets, when we were all together, Joseph had given instruction and while engaging in silent prayer, kneeling with our hands uplifted, each one praying in silence, no one whispered above his breath. A person walked through the room from east to west, and Joseph asked if we saw him. I saw him, and supposed others did, and Joseph answered that that was Jesus, the Son of God, our elder brother. Afterwards, Joseph told us to resume our former position in prayer, which we did. Another personage or another person came through and he was surrounded as a flame of fire. So the glory of God, the the Shekinah glory is around this individual. He, Brother Coltrane experienced a sensation that it might destroy the tabernacle as it was consuming a consuming fire of great brightness. The prophet Joseph Smith said that it was our father it was the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I saw him. When asked about the kind of clothing the father had on, Brother Colchin said, I did not discover his clothing. He was surrounded as a flame of fire, which was so brilliant that I could not discover anything else but his person. I saw his hands and legs as his feet, his eyes, nose, mouth, head, and body in the shape and form of a perfect man. He sat in a chair as a man would sit in a chair, but this appearance was so grand and overwhelming that it seemed I should melt down in his presence, and the sensation was so powerful that it thrilled through my whole system, and I felt the marrow of my bones. The Prophet Joseph said, Brethren, now you are prepared be the apostles of Jesus Christ for you have both seen you have seen both the father and the son and know that they exist and that they are two separate personages this appearance occurred on or about uh, two to three weeks after the opening of the school the school of the prophets after the father had passed through Joseph told us To again take a position in prayer we did so in in a very short time he drew at him he brother culture or no brother kahun was on his knees and his arms were extended his hands and wrists head face and neck down to his shoulders as a piece of amber clear and transparent his blood having apparently left his veins. Upon the attention of the brethren being thus called to Brother Cahoon, the change seemed to pass away and Joseph said that in a few minutes more, Brother Cahoon would have left us. But he came to himself again. So Brother Cahoon was being overcome in the spirit. Brother Zebedee Coulthron's remarks in the Salt Lake City School of the Prophets, the eleventh of October 1883, pages eighty or I'm sorry, fifty-eight through sixty. William Clayton. The grand key word was the first word Adam spoke and is a word of supplication. He found the word by the Urim and Thummim, and it is the key word to which the heavens are opened. William Clayton's Journal, 15th of June, 1844, Private Custodian Blaine M. Jorgensen, Spiritual Progression in the Last Days by Deseret Book Company, 1994, page 263. Hugh Nibley stated, and this is a split quote I'm going to have to I'll have to split this one up between pages 26 and 27, but I'll start with this. Hugh Nibley. <clears throat> when Abraham, according to an old and high, highly respected source, built an altar of Adam in order to bring a sacrifice to the Eternal One, as he had been instructed by an angel, he raised his voice in prayer, saying, "L, L." El Jorel the last meaning Jehovah or Jehovah and receive the word of receive the word words of my prayer receive the sacrifice which I have made at the command have mercy and show me teach me and give the servant give to me servant the light and knowledge that thou promised to send him. Abraham was following the example of Adam who had prayed to, to God for three days, repeating three times the prayer, May the words of my mouth be heard. God, do not draw thyself from my supplication. Then, the, then an angel of the Lord came with a book and comforted Adam and taught him. When Adam and Eve found themselves cut off from the glory of the Lord, according to the intriguing combat of Adam, they understood with upstretched hands, calling upon the Lord as Adam began to pray in a language which is so unintelligible to us. And I'll finish this next quote, which is on page 27. Okay, so we're continuing on page 27 with that last quote by Hugh Nibley. The so-called Coptic Gnostic writing purports to give us Adam's words on the occasion as being composed of the elements I-O-I-A and I-O-O-L, meaning God is with us forever and ever. And through the power of revelation, the Jewish traditions indicate that the story is, is no Gnostic invention. Though, of course, mysterious named and crypt, cryptograms are the stuff of, on which human, which human vanity feeds, every ambitious sectary would come up with his own words and interpretations. Yet, hold on here... Yet through none of these writings may be taken as binding or authentic. Taken altogether, they contain common elements which go back as far as the church of the apostles. When Mary asked the Lord, Tell me your name. He, standing in the midst of the cloud of light, said, He, Elo, Eli, Eli, Eron, Eron, Eron." Rafan, 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 Rakon, 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 etc., etc. Such mysteries are just the sort of thing unqualified persons love to play around with, and the various Gnostic groups took fullest advantage of them. But again, the Jews are always way ahead of them, as we see in the huge catalogs of the mysterious angelic names in such works as Third Enoch or Epoch. I think it's epoch. What H. Lequiricky, <clears throat> Le I guess, calls the magnificent gesture, raising both hands high above the head, with which whose <clears throat> those in prayers prayer circles begin their prayer was, as he wrote, a natural gesture both of supplication and submission. It was specifically a conscious intimation of a crucifixion, and that be, that brings to mind the significant detail mentioned by the synoptic writers that the Lord on the cross calls upon His Father in a strange tongue. Those who were standing by, though Aramaic was supposed to be their native tongue, disagreed as to the meaning. See Mark chapter 15 verse 33, and indeed the give the MM, or MSS message, I guess, I don't know, give many variant readings of, of the utterance which the writers of the Gospels left untranslated, plainly because they were, there were some doubt as to the meaning. It recalls the cry of distress of David in Psalms chapter 54, verse 2. two. Hear my prayer, O God. Give ear to my, the words of my mouth. And in Psalms chapter 55, verse 1, Give ear to my prayer, O God. Attend unto me and hear me. My heart is sore pained within me, and the terrors of death are fallen upon me. Another person whose name I cannot pronounce said, studying the same gesture among the Egyptians, it is none other than the famous Ka gesture. Notes that it represents submission, the hands up in an up position of surrendering on the battlefield, while at the same time calling the attention of the heaven to to an offering one has brought into supp- supplication. He also points out that the early Christian Christians use the same gesture in anticipation of a visitation from the heavens to which they added the idea of upraised hands or arms of the Savior on the cross. We have already mentioned the prayers of Adam and Abraham calling upon God in strange tongue in the midst of darkness and distress. Abraham says the Zohar so the Zohar is a book of scripture that is among the Jews. Received no message until he built an altar and brought an offering. For there is no stirring above until there is stirring below. We do not say grace over an empty table or an altar. Mm-hmm. Enoch was another who, who, as he prayed, stretched forth his arms and his heart swelled with wide as eternity. And to conform him, God, and comfort him, God sent him the vision of Noah's salvation. See Moses 7, verse 41. According to the first Enoch, Noah also prayed in his distress, calling upon God three times and saying, Hear me, hear me, hear me. Let us also recall that when Mary led the prayer circle of the apostles, she raised her hands to heaven and began to call upon the Father in an unknown tongue. Suffering is an important theme of ancient prayer circle, the rite always related to the crucifixion according to the Pulver which was anticipated by the by in, by, in the, the which was anticipated by in the upper room, so the night before the crucifixion, the night before Passover, they had um, a ritual. The, The Jews did it all the time. The night before Passover, they would have a rehearsal meal. That's what was going on at the Last Supper. Let's
0: see. For
1: the care of the Lord's Supper is the idea of sacrifice. In the right, the believer must incur the same suffering as his God, and th- therefore he must mourn with him. Hence, the particular passage in Matthew chapter 11, verses 16 and 17, Ignatius Letter to the Rome, Rome's, Romans, shows that real suffering alone enables one to become a disciple and to learn and gain experience. For Ignatius the believer must repeat the destiny of his god he must become an imitator of god to this is done ritually and as is plainly stated by Cyril of jerusalem Cyril of jerusalem the author of the testament of jesus christ cited above and thou hast stretched forth thy hands in suffering that they might be freed from such suffering as by an act of um, imitation. Uh, So we're on page 28 now, and I'll finish this quote. The clearest expression of the idea is given in the archetype and model of all initiates and suppliants, suppliants Adam, as he and Eve were sacrificing on the altar with arms upraised, an angel came down and accepted the sacrifice, but Satan intervened and smote Adam on the side with a sacrificial weapon. Adam fell on the altar and would have died were it not that God intervened and healed him on the spot, declaring that Adam had suffered so far um, That what Adam had suffered so far was acceptable to him as a true sacrifice, being in the similitude of his own offering. Even so, I will be wounded. So that's into page 28. And we'll go on and continue with that one in the next video. So this is the last video and the last page for the podcast and for the recording. And we'll just finish it off. We're on page 28 of Teaching, the Teachings of the Doctrine of Eternal Lives. And, uh, all right, so this is continuing on with uh, Hugh Nibley and his ultra-long quote.
0: <laughs>
1: the prayer asks for light and knowledge as well as other aid. The answer is a teaching situation. Thus the angel who came down to answer to Adam's threefold appeal, three Adam's threefold appeal, may the words of my mouth be heard, etc., came with a book and a comforted and comforted Adam and taught him. So the angel came with a book and comforted him and taught him. In another vis- version, when Adam and Eve prayed at their altar three messengers were sent down to instruct them so this is all temple imagery as well the Lord himself appeared to teach Abraham as he was studying the heavens according to Clement so Clement was an early theologian in the Christian era and the valuable testament of Abraham begins with his receiving instruction on an altar on a holy mountain, surrounded by men whom I will show you, how they will form a circle around you, being on a mountain of altars. Mm -hmm. Indeed, the main theme of those many ancient writings called Testaments and attributed to almost every patriarch, prophet, and apostle of old, is the journey of the purported author to heaven during which he received lessons in the most advanced theology, history, and astronomy. And quote the Early Christian Prayer Circle by Hugh Nibley, BYU Studies, Volume 19, 1978 to 1979, Number 1, All of 1978, pages 52 through 54. See also Hugh Nibley, Mormonism and Early Christians, edited by Todd M. Compton and Stephen D. Ricks. Salt Lake City and Provo-Deseret Book Company, Foundation for Ancient Research and Mormon Studies so Farms, 1987. Pages 56 through 61. See the article for the numerous associated footnotes. So there's a whole bunch of footnotes at the end of this book that uh, we might go over when we get to that let's see here column 297 and 298 leaving the glorious garden they Adam and Eve Eve, had seized with fear and they fell down upon the earth and remained as if dead while Adam was still in that condition Eve stretched her hands stretching high her hands and prayed oh O Lord, or O Yehovah, or Elohim, thy servant has fallen from the garden and is banished to a desert place. Um, And that's referring to Genesis chapter 3, verse 18. The next morning, as Adam prayed with upraised hands, Satan appeared to him, saying, Adam, I am an angel of the great God. The Lord has sent me to you. It was his plan to kill Adam and thus remain soul master and possessor of the earth. But God sent three heavenly messengers to Adam, bringing him the signs of the priesthood and the kingship. And Adam wept because they reminded him of his departed glory
0: see Adam was placed
1: in the garden as a glorious celestial being and he fell as he partook of the fruit of the earth and then when he fell out of the garden he became a celestial man but God said they were signs of the atonement to come wherein Adam rejoiced after 40 day, a 40 day fast Adam and Eve were very weak stretched out upon the floor of, of the cave as if dead but still praying, Satan then came, clothed with light, speaking sweet words to deceive them, saying, I am the first created of God. But God has commanded me to lead you to my habitation, to be restored to your former glory. But God knew that he had planned to lead them far away, to faraway places and destroy them. Adam said, Who was this glorious old man who came to us? answer he is he is satan in for in human form come to deceive you by giving you signs to prove his bona fides but i have cast him out adam and eve still weak and fasting and still praying are again confronted by satan who being rebuffed is sore afflicted Again, Adam and Eve were sacrificing with upraised arms in prayer. So this is very important. You must understand these things. Upraised arms in prayer, either fully extended or at the Melchizedek sign, which is both arms to the square with uh, palms raised upwards. I usually go at a 45-degree angle with my fingers together and my thumb out. Uh, That's how I do it asking God to accept their sacrifice and forgive their sins. On the 50th day, Adam offered sacrifice as was his custom. Satan appeared in the form of a man and smote him on the side with a sharp stone, even as Adam raised his arms in prayer. Eve tried to help him as blood and water flowed, flowed on the altar. God sent His Word and revived Adam, saying, "Finish thy sacrifice, which is the most pleasing to Me. For even so will I be, be wounded. Will I be wounded? And blood and water will come from my side. That will be the true sacrifice placed on the altar as a perfect, a perfect offering." And so God healed Adam, and that comes from Hugh Nibley's book Nibley on the Timely and the Timeless, and that comes from pages 15 through 19, and I guess there's a bunch of footnotes uh, on this. So anyway, the next chapter that we'll be getting into when we get back to teachings of the uh, teachings of the doctrine of eternal lives will be Chapter Four, the Second Comforter. So, um, I have recorded these um, in in increments of each page, and they'll be on my YouTube. Uh, You can find my YouTube by going to uh, youtube.com forward slash user forward slash God is my compass or searching Zion's Redemption Radio Network on YouTube. And uh, I'll have those put up there um, before I put the podcast out later on today so that people can listen to them and watch them and read along because the video portion of the program that I'm doing for this, um, I'm doing a screen recording of the words as I read them and then there's a camera that is looking at me as I'm reading it. So I'm just sitting on my couch trying to get these done before my three-year-old wakes up and comes down and starts wanting to talk to me and tell me all the things that he loves to tell me every day. So anyway, this is going to be a shorter podcast. I don't expect it to be a uh, a live radio show. I think I'm just going to publish it today and then post it with... Um, I I also figured out how to get the text into a, a document so that I could place it in Tumblr. So I'll put the um, the document address in the description of the podcast so that you can go read these for yourself. I know I'm not the greatest at reading. It's probably better just to go and read it yourself. But anyway, you know, when I was... Um, an over-the-road truck driver I used to spend between two to four hundred dollars a month on books and audio tapes and sometimes even audio cds although eh, they were more expensive and I would read books onto a recorder and then I would listen to them while I was driving so that I could try to soak up the information of the book that I had already read. So I was learning to read out loud at that time and God told me to practice reading out loud and that was like 20 years ago when he, when he had me start doing that because I used to stutter and stumble so much. Like the way I talk now isn't perfect but the way I talked back then it was hard to hear. But um, over the over time I've been studying and trying to better at reading out loud and I didn't know about podcasts back then but my father knew that this would be something that I would do in the future and he had me study so that I could and and practice reading out loud so that I could provide this information and when I was in at uh, Dixie State down in St. George like I used to read my textbooks onto a recorder too and then try to listen to it as I was driving at night and i was able to ace my tests by doing that uh, because i was studying the stuff that i was supposed to be studying and then listening to it later so i think this stuff is beneficial and i really want people to get to the point where they can go to the father and receive revelation and know how to pray this stuff that when it talks about raising your hands and uplifting your hands to god it is one of the true forms of prayer. There's also the yod position, which is the receiving position, where you put your your, your elbows down to your side with your hands upraised. That's the yod or the receiving position. And then I will start with those positions, and then sometimes when I'm really trying to understand things or when I'm repenting, which is something that we do on a daily basis, because all repenting means is turning back to God and getting in a spiritual mindset—that's the true meaning of repentance. Isn't it? Isn't to punish yourself or to um, hurt yourself or anything like that? That was added when the Latin Vulgate was translated from the Greek to the Latin. The Romans hijacked early Christianity, and they added a bunch of vain and foolish things. And so we've got this. That idea of what it means to repent, but repenting means to turn back to God and to live to put ourselves in a spiritual mindset and to turn away from our sins and to ask forgiveness for our sins and our transgressions that 's all part of repenting and so sometimes when i will um, I will take a shower and I will clean myself off completely and then I'll lay my towel down on the floor in my bathroom, and I will start by raising, I will start by praying in the yod position, and then I will ask God to hear the words of my mouth like we do in the temple, and then I will nail down on my face on the ground, and I will um, be in a kneeling position with my face towards the ground, and I will put my hands out in a receiving position as I am on the floor, and I am praying, asking God to forgive me of my sins, and asking Him and meditating upon the things that are coming to me in a form of prayer that sometimes will last ten minutes, sometimes an hour, sometimes several hours, if I have the time to do that. So, um, in in using these positions of prayer and being study being um, serious about studying things out and asking God what the truth of things are God has given me so many revelations and so many visions and he has spoken inspiration to my mind and he has taught me by himself and by his angels now I believe that this can happen for everyone but I do hold a foreordained position as the witness of the Father and the Son. That's why I have seen them face to face in the flesh and embraced both the Father and the Son and the flesh. And like that thing that Zebedee Colchin was talking about where the Father was coming through the school of the prophets. And he could kind of see a form in the light of a man. Like, I know exactly what he's talking about because when I came into the Holy of Holies on Mount Vashel at the Temple of God, the Temple of the Father, when I entered into the Holy of Holies at his invitation, all I saw was a bright light at the other end of the room. And when I came closer, I began to see a man in the light. And that's where Zebride Coltrane was when he was seeing the Father. But I continued into the glory of God, and I saw him as he is, completely, 100%. And I fell on my face before him, and I knew exactly who he was when I saw him. I fell on my face, and he told me to get up or to arise, and he opened his arms to me, and I embraced him and felt his flesh. And then he told me to kneel down before him, and he laid his physical hands upon my physical head, And sealed me up unto himself, so that I may be sealed up unto eternal life. So it talks about my patriarchal blessing in 1997, about how I have been given the greatest gift that God has to bestow, even the gift of eternal life. But it wasn't until 2003 where the Father caught me up to Mount Vashel, which, by the way, means beautiful God. I didn't know that. In Hebrew, Mount, um, Mount Vashel, Vashel means beautiful God. Anyway, when I came into that temple, that's when I received my calling and election made sure. And I saw Jesus Christ there too. And I embraced him in the flesh. And I sat down and I talked with him for quite a while about about my life as pertaining to things that I was thinking about back then, which I was 26 years old, I think. So 97, 98, 99, 2000, 2001, 2002, 2000. Yeah, so I would have been 25 shortly before my 26th birthday when that happened. And God, over the from 2003 to 2013, continued showing me many visions, giving me written revelation, and uh, just teaching me. Um, And then over the last 10 years, from 2013 until right now, um, almost 10 years, he has had me preparing and teaching lessons, trying to help people learn how to receive revelation. And confirmation of the Holy Spirit so that they don't have to rely upon a man on the earth to receive knowledge, but that they can study out what the prophets have said, but then go to the Father in the name of Jesus Christ and get revelation for themselves so they don't have to trust in the arm of flesh. So that's been my mission over the last 10 years, and I'm not the greatest at it, and I don't know why God called me other than the fact that I was foreordained to this role. In January of 2013, as I was upset about some of the things that were happening with the church and my stake president in Vermont, um, the father came to me and he said, kneel before me and ask me who you are. And I did so, and I was taken up, and I saw a vision of the preexistence, and I saw a platform where the Father, the Son, and the Witness were. And I saw 12 in front of them, and God told me they are the ones who are mighty and strong. But he also taught me that the Father, God God the Creator, God the Redeemer, that's Jesus, and God the Witness held the offices of one mighty and strong as well. And uh, behind them were the Noble and Great Ones, which were the Seventies. And I saw the rebellion of the witness, the second witness of the Father, or God the Witness, or the one who was chosen to be the Holy Ghost, how he rebelled, being a, um, a bearer of light and truth, or a Lucifer in Latin, Or Hillel Ben Shikar in Hebrew, which means the same thing. And how the the witness, the bearer of light and truth, like the Holy Ghost, the one who held the position of the Holy Ghost, or the Lucifer, because Lucifer and Satan are not synonymous. One means one thing, Lucifer became Satan. Like, that drives me nuts that people don't understand that. Of course, I was taught by Revelation, and I saw it in vision, so I understand it maybe more than some might. But Lucifer rebelled against the God the Redeemer and God the Creator, who is the Father and the Son. And he, the, that was the war in heaven. And about a third of the hosts of heaven were taken in deception by God the, God, the Witness, and also about half of the ones who were mighty and strong were taken in their following after Lucifer. And Lucifer lost his name and his title, and he was, he became Hasatan, or the accuser of the brethren. And he fell with half of they who were mighty and strong and a third of the host of heaven. And the father and the son went down after Lucifer had been his his title had been taken away from him, and he was cast out down to the earth. They walked down from their platform and their thrones, and they went among us. We were the, the ones who remained who were mighty and strong. And God chose me to take the office of the second witness of the Father, or the bearer of light and truths. When I say I am the witness, that's what I'm meaning. I am the witness and mortality for this earth. And God went among the the noble and great ones and they chose from among the noble and great ones those who would fill the offices and the vacancies of the of the mighty and strong ones. So now there is 15 again under the direction of Jehovah our Elohim who is above the God the creator who is Michael God the Redeemer who is Jesus, and God the witness who I am. And I've been saved to come forth at the very end of the celestial age and to lead a remnant who will redeem Zion. And that's why I do these programs. That's why I teach the way I teach. That's why I do what I do. And I know that sounds crazy, and only a very few will ever accept this witness. But in the heavens, you will all know who I am. And I say that in the name of Jehovah our Elohim, and in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the witness. Amen. So, thank you for listening to this program today. I'm just going to put this out as a podcast. Uh, If you have any questions or comments for me, you can always message me on facebook.com forward slash L-A-Z-U-R-U-S 1977. That's L-A-Z-U-R-U-S 1977. And uh, if I see any message requests, and I I look at them every day, Um, I will try to either make a video and then post a link to it to answer your questions or um, try to type something out if I have time. I got a lot of stuff to do today. Um, I got to go get plumbing for a new faucet that we had to buy because we bought one last year and it, it started leaking about two months ago and then it got so bad it was leaking through the handle and you'd expect the faucet to last for more than a year. But anyway I gotta change that out and I've gotta fix the door. Uh we put a new door on the front of our house. Um it's a really nice door, I actually really like it. But doors are tricky and when it settled it decided to settle weird and now I gotta redo it. So I gotta do that today and that I've got some other things I've got to do today, and I'm probably going to be driving a a truck tonight, which is the first time in two weeks that I have been able to drive a truck. Um, I had an MRI last week, or the week before last week. I think it was last week. And they found... I've been driving a truck for 27 years, with the exception of my mission and a few short stints doing some other stuff. And I had... I got rear-ended by a semi-truck when I was stopped at a red light in my semi-truck. And the speed limit at that place was about 55, so they figured he had his cruise control on. The guy took a bad combination of medication, they they think, and that I don't know what it was. Anyway, he hit the back of my semi-truck, which was a high-security trailer used for hauling like really bad hazardous materials or money. Um, It was a box van, but it was a high-security box van. Um, And we'd hauled money in. I've hauled satellite uh, lenses. I've hauled supercomputers. I've hauled government loads where I wasn't allowed to know what was in the box. Anyway, but I had one of those trailers on, and this guy, the light turned green. And I let off my clutch, and I started to move forward. And all of a sudden, I was shooting through the intersection because that guy was going 55 miles an hour slammed into the back of me and it took them three hours to cut his dead body out of that truck. So that was the first of my major back injuries, which I did not do anything about because I was like, it's just a pop. It'll be fine. Apparently it was, uh, it, I don't know how these things work, but my disc in my back where I've had that pop for 20 something, 20 whatever years it's a bulged disc and then in 2000 that was 2001 in 2004 i was driving another semi truck in construction in the middle of the night and there should have been and i was driving a dump truck at that time locally in salt lake city utah i was actually up at jeremy's ranch by park city kind of and there was uh they had taken all of the road base out. They took they took all of the um, the asphalt out, and it was a dead end at that time. They were trying to extend the road for business. Back then, there was nothing there. There's a bunch of stuff there now. Anyway, but I was driving uh, around looking for the workers who had not showed up yet at four o'clock in the morning. I was told to be up there at four, so I like got in the truck and went up there and out of Salt Lake around three, got up there around four, nobody's there. And I was coming around a different way and there was no signs that said bump and there was dirt on the road, on the asphalt, and then I was on the dirt and it was dark. And I was going about 25 and I hit this bump that was literally at an angle of about 45 degrees, so a very steep angle that you're supposed to go about two miles an hour up uh, which I would have done if I knew that it was there because there was no sign. Anyway, um, I hit this bump going about 25 and I didn't break the truck, but I was driving a half-cab Mac, which is a very small cab that I barely fit into with my hard hat on. So my hard hat's almost touching with my air, uh, the air in my air seat up a little bit. My hard hat is just right below the sh- the roof of the uh actually i can't remember if i was wearing a hard hat or not but anyway um so i hit this thing going 25 and my air seat went all the way down to the floor and slammed into the floor and then it went straight up and it slammed my head into the roof of the truck and i was hurt And I called my boss, and he said, there's nobody up here, I don't know what's going on, and I got hurt, I'm going home. So I went home, and I lived in Kearns, Utah at the time. And I remember going down into my room and just laying down, and I had this headache, and I should have gone to the hospital. I didn't do that, because I'm an idiot. And I, I laid on my back with my pillow under my head and my blankets covering me up. And when I woke up a couple of hours later... Both my left and my right arms, from the shoulders all the way to the fingers, were completely paralyzed. The inflammation in my neck, combined with the, the damages that I did, it um, it, pushed, it like pinched the nerves, and I completely lost my left arm for four months before I was able to get it to start working again. And in my right arm, I was paralyzed for a couple of weeks before I was able to get that to start working again. And I've been dealing with uh, numbness on and off. Like the more I drive, the more vibrations. And if you haven't driven a truck, you just don't even know the kind of vibrations that our bodies take driving trucks. It's not as, we're not just sitting and driving. Like it works your whole body out, but there's also the vibrations that are going on. And because of the vibrations over the last, what has it been, um, 18 years since that accident and then the other injury that I had, I have two bulged discs in my neck, one in my back. I've got all kinds of bone spurs growing up in my neck which are causing me pain and uh, apparently my whole spine, and I don't know how they can see this, but they can see this with an MRI. My whole spine is just, I've got arthritis. So I, I'm, I've been suffering pain for a long time. And they finally got the diagnosis back and the report back, and I was able to qualify to get a injection. Um, I can't remember what the stuff is called, but it goes right into your spine, And I, 90, probably 95% of my pain is gone. The pressure is gone. I've been dealing with, it feels like a cue ball in my back for the last 20 years. Like it's not supposed to be there, but it's there, you know. The pressure is gone. A lot of the pain is gone. And uh, I stopped working two weeks ago because of how much pain I was in. And part of the reason I'm switching jobs is because the only coal mine that's open now is in Sevier County and you have to go down Highway 10 to a place called the Quechapa Road and you have to go up that, but that road is so rough that it just beats the crap out of me. And I, I'll i pull like a 10-hour day um, and then I can't do any more than that. I used to be able to drive 14 actually I used to drive like 30 something hours at a time illegally <laughs> as a truck driver. Um, I knew how to play with my log books back in the day. I can't, nobody can do that anymore, but, and I don't want to, I don't know what I was thinking. I was like, it was like a game, like how far can I go? And I never have been in an accident other than the one that, that, that one accident where I was rear-ended. I've never caused an accident. Um, But I used to do a 36-hour shift, and uh, I can barely make it 10 hours anymore. Uh, In the truck that I have been driving, it's a very short wheelbase. It's a very old Kenworth, and it is not a smooth ride. It is a very rough ride, and the road down there causes me a great deal of pain. So I'm switching jobs. I'm going to be driving a longer wheelbase truck with a drop axle, and then it's a tanker, one one trailer tanker with, uh, I think there's like four axles on the back. And I'll be hauling crude oil, which pays over two times what I have been making hauling coal. So I'm looking forward to that. But it is a 14-hour shift. But the thing about hauling crude oil is you have to load it and you have to unload it. So I won't be driving more. With a semi-truck hauling coal, it's so easy easy. You get up there, you pull under the chute, you're on a scale, especially at this one at Sefco, and they open the chute and coal just falls into your trailers. And then when it gets up to where they can see the coal, they will flash a green light and then you'll move forward very slowly and they continue dumping the coal until your main trailer is full and then they flash the green light two or three times and then you move forward to the pup trailer and then they open up the thing and it loads you. That's all you have to do to get loaded. No hoses, no gauges, no testing of the gravity of the oil. It's simple. And then when you get to where you're going, either you dump it on the ground, which means that you got to get going about 10, well, five. I can actually do it from a standstill, like to start, but, um, you're moving and then you open your gates your pup, and then your main, so that uh, it, it just makes it easier so you don't get stuck. Or you go onto a grizz and then you open it and all of your coal falls out into the grizz within like 10 seconds or 15 seconds or whatever it is. It depends on which grizz I'm using. And it's easy, but there's a lot more driving involved in that job. And that's where my problems are with the vibrations in the truck. But now I got this uh, medication, this uh, shot in my spine, and I am so happy. (laughs) Like, I haven't felt this good physically in so long. And now my three-year-old is open. Hi, Arius. And he's coming downstairs, so I need to cut this video or this podcast short, but anyway, it's going to be a podcast. So no call in lines today, no chat rooms, just a podcast. All right. Well, thank you for listening everyone. And I will try to put another one out. I don't know. I wanted to do Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays, but the way things are right now, it's always a changing thing. So, um, it is what it is. And, uh, I'm a very busy family man, and I do have a farm with livestock, and there's always something to do. So, uh, But I also have this commission of the Father to teach the people, and that's what I'm trying to do. So I'm trying to fulfill all of my all at the same time. And uh, I have so much on my plate, sometimes it's kind of hard to do. So anyway, thank you, everyone, for listening. Take care. God bless, and goodbye. All right, well, I guess I'm on live tonight, so I'm going to do a little bit of a bonus. The phone lines are open for anybody who does want to call in. The guest call-in number is 917-889-8827. That's 917-889-8827. I uh, drove over to, to Shane, Utah today from where I live in Emory County, and 20 something miles north east of Duchesne, and then I got home and did a bunch of stuff around the house that I had to get done. So I'm here, and uh, I've decided. Well, guess what? Since um, I barely got, I barely got all this stuff ready right before the program went live, so I thought, ah, I'll just do a live. So anyway. Uh, What I wanted to read, um, and anybody can interrupt me. Just call if you want, if you have a question or a comment. The chat room is open. Um, I'm going to read the revelations and election of myself. Kim has a question. What do you have a question?
2: Do you want me to read?
1: No, I'll just read it. Uh,
2: okay.
1: Okay, do you want to read it? I guess you can read it if you want.
2: Don't you get sick of reading?
1: My wife is a better reader than I am. No, Amberly, you can't read. Everybody's home right now. We're sitting on the couch. Arius wants to read, too. Don't touch. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Okay. Dinner's being cooked, and I was like, well, I might as well just do this, so Anyway, this I received in the early part of 2013. and um, This is a revelation um, that I received through another individual. And I have had confirmation from the Spirit that it is from God. And uh, it's both the Father and the Son speaking interchangeably. So sometimes it can be a little bit confusing as to who exactly is speaking, but they're one, so I'll just read it. Also, um, um, there were like subheadings for each portion of the Revelation. So the first one is called the High Priest of Ephraim, which is interesting because somebody today was asking who the High Priest of Ephraim was, and so...
2: Here's the revelation on that. So, you want to read it? Yes, I do. I'll okay, to my
0: life?
2: You okay, this is just my ploy to uh, help him do this faster so I get to spend time with him because I'm selfish and I like him sometimes. So, <laughs> All right, so the high priest of Ephraim. For did I, the Lord, not send mine only begotten unto the Jews, saith the Lord, and did they not reject him who was appointed by my firstborn, by me, saith the Father? And did they not have their high priest also, even as ye, O Ephraim? For it is that mine only begotten, that one mighty and strong, have they not been been twin brethren from before the foundation of the world, saith the Lord of the whole earth? And it is that one shall stand to judge Ephraim, and one Judah, and they are one with me, my two witnesses from before the foundation of the world, saith the Father." And which is greater, for out of the mouths of these two witnesses shall every word be established, saith the Lord God, who is the Father of both heaven and of earth. And thus it is that one mighty and strong should be sent unto thee, that ye be tested even even in these things, as the Jews by mine only begotten, to prove you, saith the Lord, whether ye would be obedient unto me through my spirit, saith the Lord, for it is that no man knoweth my will, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. The next one is the Latter-day Saints must repent. Woe unto you, ye Latter-day Saints, for I prophesy that unless you repent and return to the first works, that the time is not far distant, that you shall be destroyed by the God of Israel in an earthquake and an overflowing scourge, which shall annihilate your much-touted holy ground. For the wrath of that Mighty One, of who I am a witness, is gathering against you that you cannot escape unless it is that you be rebaptized by the authority of the higher priesthood and the apostleship which I have been given by the Father and the Son who have sent me. And it is when my mighty ones return to the heavens shall wage war against the earth. And the wicked, ye the proud, yea, the proud, and them who rejoice in wickedness shall be cut off, that it shall leave them either root, neither root, nor branch, saith the Lord God. For the heavens are mighty, and they who come shall burn them up, saith the Lord God of hosts. For that war, fought before the world was, made shall continue upon the earth, that all shall know with a resounding affirmation throughout all eternity, that there is none who standeth beside the might and power and glory of the Holy One of Jacob, who it is that speaketh through my mouth, O Israel, as anciently, therefore, woe, woe unto they, saith the Lord, that... All is well in Zion, yea, that crieth, all is well, or who hearkeneth unto the precepts of men, or who rely upon the arm of flesh. For cursed are they that relieth on the arm of flesh, or who hearkeneth unto the precepts of men. Save their precepts shall be given by the power of the Holy Ghost, for ye shall perish. And the punishment of the false prophet, saith the Lord, shall be even as the punishment of him that seeketh unto him, even that of a damned soul, saith the Lord God even so amen and then this one doesn't have a heading can we keep reading it yeah. okay is this you talking or oh, okay so this is uh mark uh talking um is there this is only at five percent so i just want to make sure oh okay battery okay want to close okay Okay, got it. Um, Also, is there a way to make this into a a different font or smaller or bigger so that way I can read it better? Just out of curiosity. Um, No, I actually want it smaller. Thank you. He's just fixing it for me so that I can read it faster. The way that it's broken up makes me kind of sound choppy. Okay, in July of 2013, I was commanded to sever the ordinances of all the holy people. This fulfilled Daniel 12, where the man clothed in linen scatters the power of priesthood of all the holy people, LDS, and its offshoots. This is the word of the Lord unto you who are of Ephraim. This is Jesus speaking, because the Lord, the Lord of the whole earth, who is the Father, gives unto you one gift— "...need not suppose that he cannot give another for his work, neither his word is yet finished, that he cannot cause more to be written. Out of the mouths of two or three witnesses shall every word be established, saith the Lord of the whole earth. Therefore, was he formed by my that I, the Lord your God, the Father, should give unto you another gift, for having given the children of men one gift, Jesus the Christ, ye not suppose that I, the Lord your God, cannot give unto men another the second witness, the Holy Ghost, Messiah, ben Joseph, ben Ephraim. For he, the second witness, a.k.a. the man like unto Moses, for he also is in the similitude and very likeness of mine only begotten. For if ye receive him not, then ye shall not receive me, saith the Father. None other name. For I the Father did cause it to be written that there is none other name given than Jesus, who is mine only begotten Son, that this pertaineth unto the Jews. For it was a trial unto them to believe in Jesus of Nazareth, even as it is a trial unto you, O ye Gentiles, to believe these things. For I, the Lord God, am no respecter of persons. Therefore, why is it, O ye saints of Israel, that ye require the gateway to be brought unto you and heirloom them? Another gift. For ye, even ye, garnish and praise the name of mine only begotten Son. And yet when I, the Father, do send another gift unto you, ye do cry blasphemy, even as, I, as did the Jews. For are ye better than they? I say unto you, Nay. For ye in your ignorance as to righteousness and your sloth do lift up your heel against him who was as him, yea, mine only begotten in power, yea, before the world was made, for he it was also with me from the beginning, saith the Father. For I am the Lord God of Israel, and not Judah only, saith the Lord. And ye, O Ephraim, shall receive him who have whom I have sent, Saith the Lord, or ye shall be cut off, pertaining to one mighty and strong. For he whom I have sent, even my servant, is that one mighty and strong who should come unto you, O Israel, as mine only begotten did come even unto the Jews. Therefore, see, O Israel, that which did come upon the Jews, come not also upon you, to the uttermost speaking, or this is speaking of the desolation that came upon the Jews in 70 A.D., for he was also with me from the beginning, and I have given that he should speak words, eternal words, for the salvation of the children of men, as my second witness. For out of the mouths of two or three witnesses shall every every word be established, saith the Lord of the whole earth, ev- ever, even the Father. Sorry, I have to wipe something off your screen so it doesn't make an R look like an N. <laughs> okay, by their fruits. Thus saith the Lord, can a bitter fountain bring forth good water, or can a man being evil do that which is good? For it is, saith the Lord, by the fruits ye shall know them. For the fruits of my spirit, saith the Lord, do they not testify of me, even Jesus Christ whom ye have hitherto not known? And that which testifieth of me is not by me, saith the Lord God of Israel. Now pertaining to the regathering. For I am he that doth speak unto thee through the medium of mine appointment, as in times of old Israel, of old, O Israel, who have been scattered among the nations. Now is the time, saith the Lord, for thy regathering unto mine anointed, as in times of old, that I, the Lord God, shall remember thee, O Israel, and lead thee by power such has not been seen before or since, yea, even from Babylon, with an outstretched arm as Moses, which is fallen. That would be so cool because, you know, Moses' time, they saw, like, fire go before them. Oh, um, Mark is talking about how we were supposed to move down here in 2016, I think it was. Yeah, 2016. Um, Well, I was having panic attacks because – Feeling like um, we shouldn't be up there where we were. And also, I don't love being around a million people. I always think that a lot of people, yeah, up in Spanish work, I I feel like when there's a whole bunch of people, um, people are neurotic and they do things that are crazy and they might not otherwise do because panic, you know, and paranoia, and then people just act erratically. So it made me nervous. But then, yeah, God told Mark that we should move down here so that we could get to know the people and it was kind of interesting though what was the there was a chart on the um real real estate right um that had just come out and it was really ironic the only county in the entire state that was still green like um affordability was the one that god moved us to so that is amazing you know i maybe he knew what we were supposed to be doing (laughs) Yeah, we didn't know where we were going. We came down here and we're like, oh, goodness, where are we supposed to be? What are we doing? And we just had to follow the spirit and, you know, trust him. So eventually we got here and a miracle that we even got the house that we got and the place we did because nobody ever moves out or leaves this area. So, yeah, it's, it's really interesting how that all happened. Let me continue. Therefore, that which is sent of me doth not conflict and contradict my words and my purposes, which I have spoken through the mouths of others of my servants, the prophets, even Joseph Smith and others concerning Israel. And anything which contradicteth these my servants who have gone before is of the devil and is false, saith the Lord God of Israel. Therefore, that which is sent of me, saith the Lord, testifieth of me and my words and my purposes, which change not. But they, the false prophets, do change my laws and ordinances to become friends with the world and to become popular. By this key ye may detect the false prophets and apostles, for I, the Lord, will not vary from that which I have said, but am the same in all ages of the world. And the plan of salvation hath it not been exactly the same, for that which saved Abraham, even the law thereof, must save ye. O ye stiff-necked and unbelieving generation! For are ye not also the same in thy unbelief before me, O foolish men and O foolish women? through the mouths of my servants. And it is that the evil one, desirous through false administrators, who have hijacked my church and led many astray to contradict former revelation, which even angels of glory are forbidden, neither can they do, saith the Lord. And anything which doth not teach men these things, even to believe in me and my words, exactly as I have spoken them through the mouths of my servants, the prophets of Israel, yea, that which also doth edify and thereby not testify of me, the life of the world, and the light thereof, even Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth, who speaketh unto thee, O man, is of that evil one, and is darkness, and produceth despair. And my word, is it not also quick and powerful to the cutting asunder of both joints and morrow? Therefore it is given unto you to judge that ye may know of me, even the author and finisher of your faith, whom the world in its wickedness hath not known, even Jesus of Nazareth. And if ye call good evil and evil good, ye are no better than them that cast me out, even as a thief and a robber and as a vagabond without a home. For did I not cause it to be written that foxes have holes in birds' nests? But it was that the Son of Man had not where even to lay his head, even I the firstborn and the most intelligent of all the spirits which were begotten by the Father thereof. And thus it was a requirement that I, even Jesus the Christ, descend below all things, even that of my people, the Jews, become my persecutors, that I might do the will of him who sent me, who is greater than I, even the Father, that none might have excuse concerning the difficulty of the way at the, that great and last day. Even so I drank out of that bitter cup, and I did cry mightily unto him who sent me, that this cup might pass even from me. Yet I, the Lord God, bowed my head and suffered that his will, who is mightier than I, yea, even my father, who revealed himself unto me that day, that even his will should be done, even unto the shedding of my blood, and great drops upon the ground upon which men stand to this day in. Come unto me and drink from the well of living water. And I will that all rich and poor come unto me, er, me through my servants and drink from that well of living water spoken of. And he that receiveth my servants receiveth me, saith the Lord God of Israel. Remember, all powers and conferrals, priesthoods, or offices are hereby done away in me, and one, even one, remaineth, that ye must receive your salvation and ordinances, and conferrals from him who is appointed, and any counsel or the effects thereof are hereby annulled, saith the Lord, that ye may know that I am your God, and swear with an oath, and will not repent, saith that ye shall not enter into my rest except it be through my servant whom I have appointed, and when I the Lord did speak unto my servant Joseph Smith, that it should be that no one should be appointed to receive revelation and commandments excepting excepting my servant Joseph, I the Lord God, did prove that he should abide in me abide in me, and that as long as he should abide in me, saith the Lord. Then it was that he should be the one empowered to speak in my name as moved upon by the Holy Ghost. And my servant Joseph, saith the Lord, did abide in me even unto the end. The next section is powers of the priesthood. And we have this um, ongoing running around, and I've been trying to point at them. So they're just making him get squeaky. So, yeah. The more they just run in circles like that, then they'll just get louder and louder. No, you're not in my room. Nope. Okay, sorry. Okay, side note. Powers of the priesthood. And how much greater, saith the Lord, is my servant Joseph in mine eyes than those whom ye sustain to be your presidencies. Sorry, my presidencies. What? Okay, presidencies. For the powers of the priesthood are inseparably connected with the powers of heaven, and may not be controlled nor handled except upon the principles of righteousness, saith the Lord God. And if it should be that the presidencies of my church saith the Lord, should fall into transgression, then they also shall not have power to speak in my name, for the welfare and benefit of my saints, or the members which compromise my church, or comprise my church, saith the Lord. For it is not written that I, the Lord your God, even Jesus ooh, sorry, for is it not written that I, the Lord your God, even Jesus of Nazareth, did say, while in my power among the Jews, that if thine eye, which seeth for thee, him that is appointed to watch over thee, to show thee light, become a transgressor, and offend thee, pluck him out. It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire. And did I not speak unto my servant Joseph consta- concerning the manuscript of the book which he had been called upon to translate? That although a man may have re- many revelations and have power to do many mighty works, Yet if he boasts in his own strength and sets at naught the counsels of God and follows after the dictates of his own will and carnal desires, he must fall and incur the vengeance of a just God upon him. A law through all time. And how much greater, saith the Lord, was my servant Joseph than those whom ye perverse and stiff-necked generations sustain as your presidents? For even Lucifer, was he not given authority before the world was made? And did I the Father not cause him to be cast out, even though he be my son? And if I the Father of heaven and earth spared not them who were deceived from before the foundation of the world, do you imagine in your hearts, O vain man, that I will spare thee, even if it should be, that all perish? Yea, even though it should be easier that a hand be cut off, yet it be better to retain heaven. ...with one hand than to be cast out with two, saith the Lord. And this hath been a law through all time and also throughout all eternity... ...among them who are gods and the sons of God, even Elohim. A stiff-necked and perverse generation. Are ye, ye stiff-necked and perverse generation, different than they in your iniquity? For all my servants the prophets have been first cast out from your churches and synagogues, O Israel, and then stoned and crucified and persecuted, when it was that they dared, when moved upon by the Holy Ghost, to speak against them who ye lift up as your presidencies, who had gone contrary to the covenants which I the Lord God did make with their fathers, even Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And it was that Paul was smitten by them when speaking concerning their high priests, as well as mine, only begotten only son begotten in the flesh. Sayeth the Father, was he not smitten across the mouth by the guard for impertinence? And so it is with you, O ye ignorant, haughty, and stiff-necked generation, concerning him who was reserved from before the foundation of the world, that he should come unto thee, O Ephraim, to save and redeem thee by power, which hath not been seen since the days of my son Enoch, who shall return with ten thousand of the saints in this day, saith the Lord God. O Ephraim, for it is that my servant is he not one mighty and strong to thy salvation, O Ephraim, from the chains of the bondsman which doth afflict thee night and day? And it is not thy slavery, Ephraim, worse than that of? Oh, is not thy slavery, Ephraim, worse than that of Pharaoh? For it is that the element shall move hither and thither at his command. In that day, when it is that I, the Lord God of Jacob, shall speak from his mouth with thunder in that day, saith the Lord God. But ye must come unto me, even thy God, O Israel. And it is that in this day I, the Lord God, will extend my arm for thy deliverance from Babylon, O Ephraim, as prophesied by my servant Brigham Young, one of the greatest of my servants to walk the earth. And as I said concerning thy high priest, were not my servants Peter, James, and John, were they not put into prison for preaching? that? sedition against the high priest O Ephraim are ye better than the Jews of my chosen for where were they not the sons of Abraham like unto thee O Ephraim and was not him who was reserved also smitten like unto them old by his home teacher and did not the police of this day disregard these things as anciently O Ephraim and this thing also was for preaching sedition concerning the high priest O Ephraim Who is like unto Caiaphas, who sitteth in the temple of God, as written by my servant Paul into the second chapter of the book of the letter to the Thessalonians in that day, saith the Lord God. And was it not that this should come to pass before the day of mine advent, as prophesied by my servant, that it should come in this generation, that now standeth upon the earth? And is not that son of perdition... That sitteth revealed by these words of mine, saith the Lord. Armies and navies. For thou and thy wickedness, O Ephraim, have exceeded anything concerning that which I, the Lord God, have spoken concerning any other people. And it is for this idolatry that ye shall be smitten from generation to generation, if ye repent not, and come unto me through him who was appointed unto thee, even for this purpose, was he sent, as was Jesus, unto the Jews. For are ye different than they, O Ephraim? For ye imagine up thy heart that if ye had lived in the days of the prophets and apostles that were with me in my power in that day, that ye would not have partaken with that generation of the innocent blood. That's how everybody is. They always are like, oh, I would so know, why didn't people just do that? Like you read scripture and you're like, you read it and you're like, how did they not know? How did they just not do that? And it's the same thing now as before because people call good evil and evil good. It's um, like the agenda to slowly, it's like when you put a frog in a pot, he'll jump out if it's hot. But if it's warm, they will sit just long enough to die. I don't know if they can hear you. Do you think they can? Okay, hold on.
1: I was just going to say like everybody thinks that they're following the prophets and everything, but like Laman and Lemuel were doing everything that the church of of their day told them to do and they thought that these people were so righteous and God was going to destroy them. Jeremiah told them, Lehi told them, but nobody listened. Especially in Laman and Lemuel And they were being obedient to the church You know of their day And doing everything that they were supposed to do And they are like They're like I don't know how to say this They are like the Church Of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints Today They've got a checklist They've got a bunch of stuff that they're supposed to do But they won't listen to the true prophets Who come to them like Samuel the Lamanite or Abinadi, and they think that they're so righteous like Laman and Lemuel thought that they were so righteous, but they were going to be destroyed. And Laman and Lemuel were taken out because of their affiliation with Lehi. But all those people that Laman and Lemuel left, they never saw the destruction of Jerusalem. They thought that those people were so great and that their dad was wrong. Uh, and that he was not a true prophet because he was calling them out in their wickedness the same way that I am calling the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and all of its branches out in wickedness. They all think that they're so great, but they're acting like Laman and Lemuel because they're not listening to the things that God has given to them. They make excuses as to the commandments that were given and the instructions that were given in this, this dispensation and in former dispensations, and they say, oh, it doesn't apply to us. So, oh, don't we have to worry about that? Anyway, I was just thinking about that. Sure, Kim.
2: Okay, and continuing on with the reading. And yet, have you not lifted up your hands against him? who was sent as mine only begotten, reserved for thy salvation from before the foundation of the world, O Ephraim. And is not mine adversary the prince of this world? For mine adversary, saith the Lord, did buy up armies and navies, Pharisees, Sadducees, high priests, presidents of priesthoods, and all that he may reign with blood and horror on this earth. And how is it that ye are different than they, O ye stiff and naked and perverse generation, who have also been deceived? Now, pertaining to mine anointed, for it hath been a requirement of mine anointed in all ages of the world to descend below all things, and how are these things possible if it is that he does not descend below the generation in which he lives? For woe unto you when all men speak well of you, and blessed are you when all men revile against you falsely for my name's sake. For so did their fathers unto the prophets which were sent even unto them, O Ephraim. And did not I, the Lord God, say through the mouth of my servant, Woe unto him who is at ease in Zion. Yea, woe unto him who saith, All is well in Zion. Yea, all is well, Zion prosperous. And are not these thy words at this time, saith the Lord God, of battles and burnings? Yea, what meanest thou, O man? Was not my servant Nephi a prophet also, when I, the Lord God, did move upon him by the power of my spirit, which is a consuming fire, which did cause even his mighty frame, that it should quake from the power thereof? For he, even he, did he not prophesy of thee also, O Ephraim, or ye who call themselves Latter-day Saints, even at this time, before the foundation of the world? For it is that I, the Lord God, hath known the end from the beginning, even before the foundation of the world, have I known thee. Therefore repent, repent, lest Unhappily ye find yourselves in that torment, which shall consume thee as a consuming fire, o, rebell- o ye rebellious children, who are full of iniquity. For hath it not been written that by the weak, and the simple, and the despised things of the earth, that I, the Lord God, would thrash the nations by the power of my spirit? And are ye not a nation unto me, O Ephraim, that ye should come out of her? Even Babylon, thy place among the nations as the queen thou art, O Ephraim, Ephraim, my beloved from before the foundation of the world. For thou, even thou art my beloved, saith the Lord God of Israel. For was it not that Enoch was slow of speech, even that the people did hate him, and not did not my servant Moses stutter? And this because of his meekness before the people, and was not my servant David, but a boy, when he did slay Goliath and was not mine only begotten, considered to be the least in the kingdom of heaven by them, who thrust him out and would not feed him, that he wandered alone in the desert without friend among men, being tormented because of the exquisite truth and power which was his to wield to the salvation of mankind. And they did crucify him, O man. War in heaven. And thus the warfare which began before the foundation of the world, Hath it not been continued here, O man, against the holy priesthood of the Son of God, and shall not be ended until one or the other is bound and driven from off the earth? But them who do serve me, saith the Lord, shall receive eternal life with the Father and the sons and daughters of God. But them who hate me, saith the Lord, shall receive eternal death, and shall dwell with the devil and his sons for all eternity. If it should be that they would not repent, will not repent, and be obedient unto mine ordinances, saith the Lord, and their worm dieth not, and their torment is as a lake of fire and brimstone. And the end thereof no man knoweth, save he shall be made a partaker thereof. And this key, saith the Lord, I give unto thee, O man, that ye may be able to discern any influence, whether it be from that evil one or from my spirit, saith the Lord. That which causeth your souls to expand and to believe in the sons of God, ye may know with a perfect knowledge that it is sent by the gift And power of God for the salvation of the sons and daughters of men. And on the contrary, that which doth cause pain and distress of soul and despair, and that which causes you, O man, to turn away from the God that made you, is not of me, saith the Lord, but is, but is of that evil one. Bodies which are celestial. For he desireth your destruction, O man, and if ye are ensnared by him, ye must perish, saith the Lord. And this despair and lack of hope cometh because of iniquity and unbelief, and doth produce death, both spiritually and physically, saith the Lord. Therefore, if the words of a man edify, and give hope, and light, and life, then ye may know it is of God. But if a man's words cause despair, and take away hope and faith in God, then ye may know it is not of me, saith the Lord. And that light which filleth, filleth immensity of space... Oh, sorry... And that light which filleth the immensity of space is the same light which quickeneth your understandings, saith the Lord, and proceedeth from me, even the author thereof. And those bodies which are celestial, which are filled with light, comprehendeth all things, and they are God's. For all things are theirs, whether life or death, for all power is given unto them who be God's, even the sons and daughters of God. The head, and man, not the woman, is the crown of creation, saith the Lord God. And she shall submit unto me through the man, even the Lord God, the mightiest of all, or she shall be removed out of her place. And another woman, more worthy of my glory, shall stand beside the man whom I, the Lord God, have created in mine own image. Mark said that it is pertaining to the feminists. And that spirit... Which leadeth the woman to assert herself independent of man whom I have formed after mine own image. The glory of my form cannot be withstood by the earth in its present form. Is that devil spoken of even the enemy of all that which is right and just and good? And unless she shall free herself from this delusion taught even at this time among the children of men, which is which is contrary, it says that twice, which is which is contrary sorry. I was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh. He just said there were a few errors made when writing it out. <laughs> so I'm just repeating it. Um, so first he was talking, that was before I was talking, wasn't it? Oh, never mind. Okay, say that again.
1: I was just going to say, one of the other errors was, um, the guest call in number's about to close down with that guest line in like ninety seconds of that. That guest call in number is nine one seven eight eight nine eight eight two seven. Anyway, so this is put onto a website by each great.
2: Okay, Okay. so that which is contrary to that order among the sons and the daughters of God, which order is called patriarchal, which is the order which exists among them who are in heaven, she shall be destroyed by me, saith the Lord God, of burnings and might and honor. For I will not be mocked by the ignorant and foolish of the children of men who know not my ways, nor do they know of my thoughts, saith the Lord God. For my ways are not your ways, saith the Lord, and my thoughts are not your thoughts, O man and O woman, who art in rebellion, even in these and other things at this present time. And unless ye repent of these false teachers, ye shall be destroyed, saith the Lord God. The next one is to receive a prophet. Any man who receives a prophet, whether he be of God or of another spirit, should seek to know whether that prophet be of God or some other spirit. If he treats the false prophet lightly, he would also treat the true one lightly. But if that man who receives the prophet hear the words of that prophet and seeks to know the fruits of that prophet, and then after he spends time sincerely striving to know of that if that prophet be of God or any other, he shall go in prayer after he has studied the matter out, and if that prophet be of God, the spirit will burn with him, that he may know, and that And the fruit of love and peace will come into his heart that he may know. But if that prophet be false or fallen, the spirit will withdraw from him and leave him if he believes the false prophet. Then the spirit of anxiety, depression, and darkness come upon him that he may know the thing he believed is wrong. But believe is key. And withholding judgment until God reveals to you... The truth is also key. That man who will judge and will not believe will have a harder time getting the answer. God says, if you lack wisdom, as me, (laughs) ask me, me, but not to be double-minded. He says to study it out, and he says you take no thought, save it only to pray, but that we must study it out and then ask. Okay. Okay, continuing on with the revelation, a glorified and exalted man. For I, even I, am a glorified and exalted man, saith the Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I have not changed, nor will I, but I am the same yesterday, today, and forever, saith the Lord God of Israel and Judah. For I, even I, did appear unto the patriarchs of old, and did show unto them also my glory. And as I said, concerning the sons and daughters of God, they speak, and it is done, and they move though the immensity of okay through the immensity of space and time at will i guess we found another error (laughs) and they move saith the lord faster than thought and they possess all power might and intelligence and nothing can withstand them and at their presence all things flee away unless quickened by them and are consumed from the might of their glory of which the sun at noonday is typical in comparison Yea, even the earth upon which thou standest, O man, shall be consumed at their appearance unto thee at the last day. For did not my servant behold us in that day that we spake unto him from out of the heavens? And did he not behold our glory, his frame being quickened by us, that he could withstand our presence, which in the might thereof the tongue of man cannot form? And thus he, even he, is an eyewitness of our glory as them of old. For he stood in our presence, and we did converse with him face to face in our own tongue. And he too shall assume his rightful place among the sons and daughters of God. For we have proved him, saith the Lord, for he, shall, he also was with us from the beginning, and was ordained by us that he should come unto thee, O man, at this time, that he should testify unto thee, that he has seen for himself as them which are fabled among men, even them of old. Now, life and intelligence. For ye shall also be partakers of life with us, yea, even that life which surpasses surpasses all understanding, as soon as ye are sanctified through the words which we shall speak unto thee, O man, through the mouth of our anointed prophet. Even he who is that one who should come unto thee, O man, that thou shouldest partake with us, of that life and intelligence and power which the mind of man cannot comprehend in the glory and might and majesty and power thereof and it is the desire of that evil one that ye be kept from a knowledge of these things that ye be kept in darkness death and despair and the operations of that evil one are detected through the medium of mine anointed even my servant who is that one mighty and also strong prophesied that he should come unto thee Hold on. For it is that the old serpent, the devil, transformeth himself unto an angel of light, oh, into an angel of light, and his ministers, yea, of that which is known as Christianity, which doctrines are an abomination in my sight, saith the Lord unto ministers of righteousness, that the whole world lieth and groaneth even now in sin. And sin is rebellious against light and truth and knowledge and its darkness. And these things are detected through the medium of mine appointment. This promise I give unto thee. And thus, O man, ye are helpless against these things, except ye be obedient unto them who are empowered by me to detect and rebuke these things, that ye be edified and be comforted, and have life which shall swell your souls, that ye expand in light and truth and life. And this promise I give unto thee, that ye also shall behold my glory and enter into my presence through the medium of mine appointment, which is after the order of Melchizedek, saith the Lord. For he hath come unto thee, that ye shall be redeemed up in my presence as anciently. And if ye are obedient unto me through him whom I, the Lord God, have chosen, ye shall have an escape, and ye shall be sheltered, as a hen doth shelter her chicks under her wing, even from the buffetings of Satan. And it is that those who go on in their rebellion against mine anointed shall receive the second death if they repent not which is the death of the spirit which is the total annihilation thereof back to its native element from which it was begotten in that day that i did create it from the intelligence which was which is eternal for the devil desirous that ye partake with him of these things therefore that which produces life produces life (laughs) and stability, and faith, and a sound mind, and courage, and hope, and peace, and love, and joy, and power, and glory, and honor, and might, and intelligence is of me, even the Father thereof, and that which produces death, and the effects thereof, which are despair, and lack of hope, and doubtings, and anguish, and of soul, and fear, and troubles, and tremblings, and buffetings, and uneasiness of mind, and heart, and soul, and pain, and verily I, anything which doth not edify, is not of me. And is darkness, saith the Lord God of Israel, and is of the devil, even the author of death and the effects thereof, which are this despair and lack of hope and anguish of soul and fear and troubles and tremblings and buffetings and uneasiness of mine heart and soul. These things are they not of that evil one, saith the Lord. So this is 50% done. Did you want to do another reading um separate of this because that's 50 percent. you're already in overdrive oh i totally called it he said that's fine so when he comes back he's going oh he wants me to read the next session section uh, session i don't know what i'm talking about okay receive it with joy for by their fruits ye shall know them and uneasy loud emotion and exclamations and shoutings are not of me saith the lord dang that's like every preacher we ever knew i like them i like loud preachers but righteous rebuke and anger against uncleanliness is of me for mine only begotten was he not full of the rebuke of the Lord, and did they not crucify him because of these things? Therefore, if ye are rebuked by me, receive it with joy, for thus are ye accounted worthy to be my sons and my daughters, saith the Lord God, for that, for what father among you correcteth not his children whom he loveth, and this is in his anxiety. For their warfare, welfare, sorry, as his own, that they perish not. Therefore, if ye are rebuked by him, receive it with gladness, for it shall work upon thy soul for thy good. If ye receive it without anger and railing, saith the Lord, and ye shall be my children, even sons and daughters of the Most High. But if it so be that ye go on in your rebel or rebellion, sorry, against me saith the Lord, and a mine anointed, then ye shall be thrust down into that hell spoken of, and ye shall not escape even the buffetings of Satan until that which is known as the second resurrection, and the chains thereof, even hell do they not bind your minds and souls even now unto destruction, saith the Lord, and a little child Satan hath no power over. Therefore, ye must become as little children and be rebaptized for remission of sins by mine anointed, even my servant and those who are ordained by him unto this power and none else, for straight is the gate and truly narrow is the way, saith the Lord God.
1: Okay, so that's 52% of the reading of that revelation. I'm not sure if I'll get back to it anytime soon, but if you do want to read the whole thing for yourself with the errors that I keep forgetting to take out of it, (laughs) um, you can go to Tumblr, (coughs) which there's two links in this podcast, which will take you to my Tumblr page. Uh, And they're the other readings, but you can find this one right near those ones. And you can read this whole thing for yourself. Um, The reason why it upsets me so much that people don't accept me is because I know what their fate is. And I don't want them to be destroyed. And it makes me sad that um, that people don't accept my witness. And that they think I'm deceiving them in some way. And they're looking for some other person to come. And I've been here. And I I am the one that, that God said would come to set the house of God in order. I'm one of 15 who are mighty and strong for this earth. But this time is mine to be upon the earth at, at this time. And I am the witness of the Father and the Son. I've seen them face to face, and I've spoken with them face to face. So anyway... Um, Like I said, I don't know if I'll get back to reading this revelation. Thank you, Kim, for reading that for me. Um, Our story is actually kind of interesting. We didn't know each other at all until March of 2012. And then we met each other online and we were in a similar chat room with each other. And we would text each other a little bit, but we were not neither one of us were interested in like looking for anybody to be married to or anything. And, um, on May 28th, I think it was God told me to call her and which I'd never talked to her over the phone before we texted a little bit. And, uh, She was asking God all these questions And I called a couple of hours later Not knowing what was going on And God had a message for her That he gave to me to deliver to her And it was the exact thing that she needed to hear Which I didn't know Like what was going on specifically in her life At the time And part of that was that she was asking God to Send her eternal companion to her So after I answered all the questions That she had for God That I did not know about um, What was it like A little over a month later I flew up to see her face to face And meet her family And her kids In New Hampshire I was living in Florida And we were married 20 days after we met face to face and god revealed to her uh, certain things about me but not everything um she was told they who trust in him speaking in, of me need not fear and she's seen things she's a witness of, of things um so i don't know it's, it's just interesting that we've gone on this journey the past 10 years together and uh, it's been an interesting journey we didn't have any idea about who I was oh it's right here we didn't have any idea about who I was so we got married July 20th 2012 and then God began to reveal a whole bunch to us in the next six months and like a lot of stuff Anyway, but God has directed us over the last 10 years to be where we're at, to set up this place that we have, and he gave us this 10-acre farm, which we still don't know completely what to do with, but it's a miracle that we even live where we live, but we were being obedient to what God has commanded us to do. So anyway, um, so I appreciate her and her willingness to be obedient to the Spirit, not me, like she was following God when God put us together. Kind of like, um, what's that song? Kim, Fiddler on the Roof. Matchmaker, matchmaker, send me a match. Oh, our matchmaker was the father himself. So it's been a very good experience. Anyway, um, I guess we'll leave it at that, and this will be the end of the podcast. And uh, like I said, if you want to read the rest of this revelation, you can go to Tumblr, to my account, and read it there, and it'll be there for anybody who wants to read it. And uh, I think we'll just be done with the program for today. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Take care. God bless, and goodbye.